some of the benefits of, of consistent sound in addition to trust is that you can create loyalty and equity and, and actual recognition, right? I mean, we haven't even talked about recognition. There's trust, but there's recognition, which goes back to your point, consistent use of great upper, you know, premium kind of audio is this idea, this cognitive connection you get that creates the recognition that you need to to develop that type of regular communication, you know, a, co a co coherent sort of consistent ability to ensure that clear brand communication that results. And I think it has a deeper kind of more increased impact on audiences that helps you then create that differentiation and the recall mm -hmm. drives the recognition and the trust overall. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my interview with Ed Farley. I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because I know so little myself about how Alexa and Google, you know, how they're using this kind of technology for audio branding. So where do you see that going in the future? So you're suggesting that many different brands will have many different voices responding when people ask for something from Google or Alexa? I think so. Uh, there's a test going on now that I was looking at the other day where a team of AI research scientists at Amazon through uh, some of their linguists are, they're building an exclusive sort of neural way to uh, translate how voice can represent your own brand's persona, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're doing some very interesting things to create unique vocal identity for products and services. And one that's, that's happening now is that we just learned about is Kentucky Fried Chicken is a good example, KFC in Canada, mm -hmm. and the National Australia Bank uh, creating two unique brand voices that are using the same type of deep learning technology that powers the voice of Alexa, only they're using specific, so you can imagine Colonel Sanders communicating uh, a promotion for KFC. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Or the chosen voice that's the one that that I've heard. There's a, there's another one that National Australia Bank is 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 testing now. But uh, I think what you'll find later on is the natural transition for as AI becomes increasingly helpful in automating transactions and 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 tapping into this audio revolution, that brands are going to be able to adopt the voice that they so choose when they want to order something or when when people want to uh, you know hear a particular brand of music or they want to you know, connect with you uh, on a perhaps a customer service question they'll have a a deeper opportunity to connect with the type of voice that you that you wish it to be as a marketer right through the strategy that you've created through the uniqueness that you desire to be in the market. So it'll be very, very cool. I think it's going to be something that will continue to evolve. 
Yeah, there's a lot coming up. I know that uh, MasterCard, for instance, just came up with, well, just, it's a couple of years old now, I think, but they came up with an audio brand, I guess, like a sonic brand, uh, a series of notes that are going to play across the board all over the world um, in the same sequence, but sounding more natural to each geographical location which seemed really fascinating to me because if you're thinking about the music structure, it changes geographically depending on where you are. So it'll sound more local, I guess, but using the same concepts of their musical, whatever they decided to use as their musical trill with all of their transactions. So I imagine that'll also translate to Google and Alexa. I would imagine so. I think I think you make a great point on the MasterCard. They've developed a set of, I think, a, a very consistent track of chords mm-hmm. that they feel reflects the essence or the DNA of their brand. And in much the same way that we talked about the Humana example, they're doing it to create some consistency, but at the same time have that local relevance. And so while it might be the same set of chords or the same basic track, they can translate that in different ways uh, and and sort of tease it the way they would like to tease it for different audiences or perhaps different venues or perhaps different cultures. Mm-hmm. They'll have the basic MasterCard tone. It's like almost Intel on steroids, right? <laughs> yeah. They've, they've really been able to make it more personal. And so that's a great example of how personalization and uh, ways ways that we're connecting a, a world of, of multiple cultures and multiple preferences to a singular track that helps to create a consistent identity, which, by the way, goes back to trust. Trust is the top of the golden ladder. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important that everybody strive from a, the marketing industry to create that type of trust, not only with the quality of your product, but the quality of your messaging and the way in which you connect both of those together. Definitely. I love also that audio branding or sonic branding transcends language. It's basically music of a type, and it reaches us directly without any need for translation. So it's I guess much quicker in that way as a, a marketing and advertising venue. Yeah. Um, it's constantly amazing to me. <laughs> it is amazing what music and audio can do for, you know, the types of ways in which, you know, we can communicate. There's a, there's a, re- it's, it's interesting in that uh, there is a sort of, um, a, a connection between audio and memory. Mm-hmm. The connection that you have between audio and memory has long been known, I think, by science. It's just that I think we're connecting the dots in a way now that helps to innovate that concept sort of as it pertains to communication and modern marketing, right? We're developing this idea that, well, if I don't have access to video or I can't stand in front of you, we can create tones and audible connection with you through, you know, innovative ways, whether it's, whether it's through new machines or through AI or through the different ways in which 
you know, we can use audio to work to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it does go right back to that trust thing, because, you know, when you hear a brand that matches its visual with its audio, then you're more likely to assume that they're on the up and up. <laughs> yeah. I guess when there's a um, when there's a disconnect between the two, I always find, at least for me, that I'm a little more tuned into the audio part of it. But <laughs> I get really um, frustrated, I guess, with a company that does that, that they pay so much attention to their visual, which is super impressive, but their audio is really unprofessional. And that just makes me wonder what's going on over there. <laughs> well, you nailed it. I mean, that's the part of that's the part of trust that we're talking about. There's a standard, I think, that that needs to be uh, maintained relative to like we're all multisensory people, right? We have five senses, and one of the keenest senses that we have, in the absence of visual, in the absence of anything else, is our ability to generate uh, memory through through audio. I mean, the reason we respond so well to audio is the strong cognitive connection. Mm-hmm. memory and sound. So it's very valuable to marketers. Uh, some of the benefits of, of consistent sound, in addition to trust, is that you can create loyalty and equity and, and actual recognition, right? I mean, we haven't even talked about recognition. There's trust, but there's recognition, which goes back to your point, consistent use of great upper, you know, premium kind of audio is this idea, this cognitive connection you get that creates the recognition that you need to to develop that type of regular communication, you know, a, co- a co- coherent sort of consistent ability to ensure that clear brand communication that results. And I think it has a deeper kind of more increased impact on audiences that helps you then create that differentiation and the recall mm-hmm. drives the recognition and the trust overall. So when you aren't operating on all cylinders, right? You've got to have your video match your audio, and 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 how does that relate to the experiences for your customers and your consumers when they're out paying attention to you? Because we all have very busy lives, and busy life you only get so many moments. So you've got to calibrate those moments in such a way that you're taking in that all of that at a very high level especially with our limited attention spans right now. (laughs) We're just so inundated. There's so much going on around us that if you could use some way to get directly to someone's emotions and brain and make them pay attention, why wouldn't you use that? (laughs) Yeah, there's a flavor, isn't it? It's almost almost like what we talked about with McDonald's, Mm -hmm. right? It's We all remember that. But remember, the other piece of that is they really invested in it. And that's what MasterCard's doing as well. They really invested in it. it you know, you can have the best brand strategy in the world with a, an outstanding uh, sort of tactical representation of that brand strategy with great visuals and, you know, an amazing uh, music track and an audio. And, it, you know, it can all be very consistent. But if you don't invest in it and you're not able to meet people where they are, you're going to have a problem because the recognition suffers and the recall suffers. Mm -hmm. You need to invest in that. And that would be another lesson for those who are developing it. It's not simply just a tool in the toolkit. It's a tool to be invested in and used if you're going to the trouble of creating 
something that I think is table stakes now for marketers. Definitely. And you need something that goes across geographical borders. I mean, something that translates to everyone and anyone, really. I mean, depending on who your audience really is. But, you know, the big brands, they're, they're investing in this because they want to reach across everyone. <laughs> they, want, they want to reach to everybody. So if you have any um, particular, uh, like, is there anything that you're working on right now that might have an audio component to it? I, you know, I, nothing specific, but I would have a, I would just say that it's always been a part in various forms of a singular brand strategy. Again, I, if we go back and talk about the root mm-hmm. of where audio is, it's really not changed over time. I mean, Intel was thinking about it in 1994. Oh, it's been way before that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Way before that, yeah. in the form of you know, in the form of jingles and and everything else, and so I mean, NBC, I, yeah, exactly. So you know, look, I would say that what I do tend to recommend and what what is is fairly common for me is that you create this idea of a soundscape, right? What is a soundscape for your brand or company? And that soundscape could include the theme that plays before your ads or your podcasts. Uh, you know, the jingles or music that you use in your marketing, the sounds that your devices, if you're a technology company or a maker of a a device that, you know, what do they make when they switch on? Um, What does it sound like when you're clicking through your website? What kinds of sounds appear? That's a good one. (laughs) What what music do you play in your stores if you're in retail? Um, Great example of that is, is Starbucks. I mean, you know, CEO of Starbucks has said, you know, very specifically that they owe quite a bit of their success uh, to the use of music in their stores to improve the way people feel in the shop and actually facilitate loyalty. Yeah, I know when I am in a Starbucks, they're actually usually playing um, some kind of independent music. They usually have the CD on for sale, which I think is a great idea. It's a really good synergy. Yeah, they've made that part of their DNA. It's it's incredibly important if you're in retail, and they figured that out, you know, years ago. So the music you play in your stores makes all the sense in the world. It, it puts you in the right mood, in the reflective mood, or the perhaps the more you know fun, playful mood, or whatever it may be. The on hold music that you play when a customer calls you. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That's some. You, you could play bad '80s music, <laughs> or you know, the usual classical. <laughs> But does it fit your brand? How many comedy skits have you seen with, you know, bad elevator music? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Muzak. Muzak. <laughs> what they did to Girl from Ipanema. Exactly. It's just not fair. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> a great song. You know, you know how to say Girl from Ipanema in Portuguese? I don't. Garota de Ipanema. Okay. Great. I just wanted to let you well, that sounded lovely. <laughs> I only say that because I lived in Brazil for a while. So uh-huh. that one is a special song to me. So, I mean, not only that, but when you think about places like Brazil or you think about events or promotions that people want to, in, what kind of music are you playing at your events? What kind of music are you playing in the events that you run in other countries? Uh, and then I think in deference to what we were talking about earlier with Amazon is the voices of the people who speak for your company. Oh yeah. Whether they are voiceover artists 
or they happen to be um, powered by AI, like the Amazon Poly brand voice capability that they're testing now. Mm-hmm. Think about it that way. So there's a there's a there's a soundscape that you need to think about tactically as you develop your strategy. So another great example of, you know, a a good strategy is always the foundation, but your tactics and the ways in which you bring that strategy to life through uh, the lens of all of the tools, whether they're a visual tool or an audible tool, um, make all the difference in the world. Definitely. I mean, I have a vested interest in the voiceover end of things, but, you know, (laughs) that's just me. So what are you working on right now? Are you uh, working on a particular company? Is there a particular campaign that you're working on? So right now I'm all over the place. I've got some great uh, working. I'm working on some business development for uh, some agencies on mm-hmm. a number of different areas in uh, right now in, in beverage as well as in healthcare. And we are developing advertising and messaging and in doing kind of a little bit sort of what we were talking about before, which is we've landed on a great brand strategy and how do we create a brief that then informs great conversations with consumers. So our whole the whole thrust right now for me with, with clients is to think about the customer, to think about conversations that we want to engage in, in both the beverage and the healthcare area, and how are we uh, developing uh, a consistency in how we then express our brand strategy through the use of you know various tactics. So we've we've we're developing briefs, and we're coming up with uh, some great opportunities, and and also doing some partnerships. I'm additionally working with uh, a product incubator accelerator that is engaged in in some new startup products in the clean technology space. Wonderful. Which kind of more of a business to business approach one that is going to be very interesting and one that is seeing some some growth in the in this in, in water actually it's uh, it's kind of a, a water product that that helps to create fresh drinking water so we are thinking about the environment we're thinking about some of the more consumer packaged good areas and and obviously some service areas that uh, they're all very well related to a good solid brand strategy, but also have different ways in which we need to engage with our individual audiences and become comfortable with how we express ourselves. So really a wide variety of things. That's great. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you? I would say the, the easiest way to do it would be to uh, go to my LinkedIn site. Okay. And we'll provide that. But it is a uh, the one place I think where you can find me. I'm fairly active on it. Um, I haven't been doing consulting a lot over the years because I've mainly been involved with great companies, iconic brands, helping them transform and grow and then connect that transformational strategy to you know the strategies and the tactics that go along with it. So fairly new to the consulting business, but you know lots of industry experience and I would encourage you to uh, to get in touch if you need some advice. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of advice to give. I really appreciate your talking with me today, Ed. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Loved it. Thank you so much. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. 
It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.